The communion meditation is taken from the text that is before you on the screen. So if you have your Bibles, will you turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 19? And I want to read the section from which the word is taken this morning is 31 to 42. And I commend the reading of this text to you. I will read to verse 37 and make reference to the rest of the verse. Then the Jews, because it was the day of preparation, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that the legs may be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his leg, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out, and he who has seen his testimony, and his testimony is, is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you also may believe. For these things came to pass to fulfill the scripture. Not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. May God bless his word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation in our hearts be acceptable to you, O God through the risen Christ Jesus, in whose name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> As a thought for the communion, I've chosen this text, and you may have smiled at the, the theme coming out. And you will see what I mean by that in a few moments. I would venture to say that the thing that means the most to God means the least to us today. It was already read about the fact that more people are staying away from churches today than before. That being spiritual is not a matter of relationship with God. It is a matter of life that I have chosen. And so for this reason, Jesus said, The Father loves me because I lay, sacrifice down my life and take it up again. Jesus said that the love of God for him was demonstrated in that he was willing to lay his life down and take it up again. St. Paul said, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself for me. Someone has written this contemporarily. Before the cross of Jesus, our lives are judging today. Our lives are being judged before the cross of Christ today. The meaning of our eager strife is tested by the cross. Across our restless living 
the light from the cross shines. It penetrates. It's a clear, clear revealing beam that shows us, if you please my words, what is important to God. The cross is important to God. We come once a month and we go through the routine. And I, I, I venture to say that we must fight against boredom. We must fight against Kesara, Sarah, we've done this before. But listen to the words of Jesus again. My father loves me because I lay down my life. The death of Jesus Christ was not for a time. The death of Jesus Christ was not for the first century or for those disciples. It is for you and for me today as fresh as it was to the disciples on that day. And I want to draw for your, our meditation this morning, looking at two thoughts from the text that, that was read. The death of Jesus and the deliverance of Jesus. The death of Jesus. And the first thing I want to say about the death of Jesus is that the death of Jesus was not an accident. The death of Jesus was prophetic. It was spoken about before there was time. It was not an accident that God had to, to, to do something about. In Revelation chapter 5, it says, I looked and I saw. I saw one who looked as though he was slain before the foundation of the world. We're not looking at a, a, a something that God had to try to do something about. It was prophetic. To speed up the death of, of the two men, their legs were broken, and I don't have time to go into what that means, except to say that by breaking their legs, they might speed up the death a lot earlier because of what time they were on the cross. Come to that in a moment. The ordinary way would be to leave them there to die for their bodies to rot and for the, the vultures to eat its remains. But when they came to Jesus, they found out that he was already dead. Now how strange. These had to have their legs broken. But Jesus had already died. You remember what he said? I have power to lay my life down and to take it up again. His death was his own business. His death was his own occurrence. I have power to lay it down. And that's what he did. Between the time he was nailed there and the time these soldiers came, the activities that were prophesied in heaven and was worked out in the Old Testament was being fulfilled in time. Think of that. It was no accident. Let, let me give you quickly three things about the death of Christ. Number one, the death of Jesus was unnatural. It wasn't a natural death. 
No one takes my life from me, Jesus said in John 10. No one takes my life from me. I have authority to lay it down. Every person dies because of something. Jesus didn't die because of anything. He chose to die because of you and because of me. It was a choice. And so he was not dying like the two criminals. Someone wrote a book, and you've heard me saying this before, saying, who murdered Jesus? And I, I contend that Jesus was not murdered. You, when you are murdered, you, are, you come unsuspectingly and someone who didn't want you there. When you murder someone, you have the control over the situation. Not so. Jesus was in absolute control of what was going on on the cross. And so when he died, he chose to die. He died because of the purpose that was agreed on in eternity that was being worked out there that first good Friday. I have the authority. The timing of his death was in according to the divine clock, not the human clock. Secondly, the death of Jesus was carrying out of the divine agreement. Acts chapter 2, verse 23. There's something unique about the death of Christ. There's the human side. There's the Roman soldiers. The Jews who at this time came to Pilate and said, we want his body to be taken down because there are certain religious things that will be inconsistent with our belief if his body stays there. There's the divine side. I cannot fully bring these two together. That God prophesied the death of his son and it was carried out by human behavior. So that in the providence and in the, the, the knowledge of God, he orchestrated every part of what was taking place to work out according to his divine will. It was the carrying out of a divine agreement. Can, can you imagine, dear friends, what was going on between the Father and the Son? It was not on the cross. Simply that Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? It is not because he was there. It is because there was a divine conversation going on between the Father and the Son in those dark hours that something was done between God the Father and God the Son that actually caused the Son to feel the wrath of his Father on him and he cried out, Why have you forsaken me? It was a divine agreement. Third, the death of Jesus was the fulfilling of Scripture. The death of Jesus was the fulfilling of Scripture. Deuteronomy 21, 22 and 23 talks about why in the Jewish religion a body should not be left on the cross on a certain Sabbath. And this was a certain Sabbath. This was just a Saturday. 
Jesus died at the right time. Jesus died at the right hour. Nothing was accidental about it. So when he died, it was a certain Sabbath. Your, t- your Bible will tell you that the Bible is called a high day, a high day. It was a day having to do with recognizing something that, that God was calling to be done. And so the body was not to stay there on the cross because if the body had stayed there on the cross, Deuteronomy says, every body that, body that stays on the cross over a, a, a Sabbath is cursed. Is cursed. And Jesus was to be a curse not because of some sins he had done. He's to be a curse because he took on your sin and mine. That's why he was accursed. But, but listen, listen, Proverbs, um, Psalm 34, 20, Psalm 24, not one of his bones will be broken. Imagine that that soldier came at that time and he was about to break the legs of Jesus and he came and found him dead. If he, were, if he was not dead, he would break his bones and the scripture would not be fulfilled. But because it was scriptural fulfilling, let me suggest to you quickly that to make sure that Jesus was really dead, the soldier did what he did and he pierced him. I I call this, I call this, what happened? The certificate of death. Blood and water came from the side of Jesus when he was pierced. Blood, symbolic of atonement. Water, symbolic of purification. And the scripture says that when God forgives us, he does not only forgive us, he cleanses us. He washes away the remains of sin in our lives. So Jesus' death was not only the death of a man, It was the death of a process by which God was doing something for us. And the hymn writer, top lady, writes this. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy riven side which flowed be of sin, the double cure, save from sin and make me pure. When Jesus died, when they pierced his side, it was a certificate of death. He's dead. You see, because Jesus had to die, because there are some people who believe that Jesus Christ did not die. He just swooned. He just fainted. And if he had just fainted, he couldn't be a sacrifice for our sins, because the wages of sin is death. He had to die. He had to die. Let's look quickly at the death of Jesus, that it was not only prophesied it was public. We'll see what I mean by this in a, min- in a minute. His death was an open scandal. It was done in the public. L- listen to, to Matthew, Matthew uh, 27, 32. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled him to carry the cross, uh, his cross, Jesus' cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means a skull. They offered him wine and drink, and I'm going to jump down. 
And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments and, and down. Then, G, then the, the, the sign read, sign read, King of the Jews, and the Jews protested that. And I'm saying that to say this, that when Jesus died, the public saw it. They, 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 they were able to know that something was happening unique that day. Well, no, I shouldn't say unique, something that they did all the time. Because the, Rome, the, the Roman just in, enjoyed crucifying people. And, and, and so, he's, as, he, as he was marching by, the women started to say, how terrible. And Jesus said, don't weep for me. What I want you to see, I want you to keep this in mind. It was a public affair. That is significant because of the rest of the text, which I'm jumping into right now. How Jesus' death delivered us, and what do I mean by coming out? The death of Jesus delivered the cowardly disciples from their cowardice. Look at verse 38 of our text. The Jews came to, Jesus, to, to, the, to, to um, Pilate and said, give us the body. And, and, and Pilate said, go ahead and have it. The man who came, the man who came to Pilate, his name is Joseph. Joseph of Arimathea. And listen to the text. This man was a secret disciple of Jesus. If you please, he was in the closet. What he believed was not known. He lived, he lived in the community of other followers. But no one knew that he was a believer. Then came Nicodemus, who was also a secret disciple. Somehow, the text tells us that they were afraid because of the Jews. And there are more than one thing that causes us to be silent about our faith in Christ. You read in the Bible, it will be our position. Our position will make us keep silent. Money will make us keep silent. What, 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 what I call privileges. You look in the Bible, you find all these things. They were afraid because of, they were afraid because of, they were, were afraid of. Think, my friends, think of it. Have you and I been living in secret about our faith? Have you and I, like, like these two men, appreciate what Jesus did, but don't ask me to speak about him? Don't ask me to go public. What will my boss think? What will my neighbor think? What, 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 will that, what will that be? And so they kept silent. They were, not, they were not ready to make it known that Jesus had delivered them in public. What he did was in public. And he did it so that they might be presented to God for all eternity. But because of the environment... 
because of the culture. Because we have more respect, Jesus said, for people than we have for God. We remain silent. We don't say, Jesus is Lord. That, and ladies and gentlemen, may I suggest to you that in the hour in which you and I live, in 2019, the issue right now is whether Jesus Christ is Lord or not. That's, that's the big, that's the question. We, we were dealing with that in our Sunday school class this morning. And I mentioned to, the, to those that were there. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He didn't say you will become. He said, you are. You are. And when we go out into the world, Jesus said, listen to what he said. If they persecute me, what will they do with you? They will persecute you. The cowardice of his followers. And more and more, my friends, less and less people are talking about their faith as I speak to you this morning, would I embarrass you if I ask you what was the last time you spoke to someone about your faith? Would you embarrass me if you asked me that question? And when Jesus was on that cross, something happened. Something happened. They, 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 they saw him bleeding. They saw the curses of the people. They heard the curses of the people. They saw the crown of thorn. And somehow they felt as horrible as that death is, it was meant for me and I can no longer keep silent. And they went in public. They came out. And first he went to, to, to Pilate and said, I want the body and I want you to, I want you to see with me now. Pilate said, have the body, take it. And so they went to where Jesus was on the cross, where the people were marching back and forth, and they could be seen taking the body off the cross because they were no longer afraid of speaking about their relationship to Jesus. They came out. And everybody's coming out these days, aren't they? Don't you think, my friends, it's time that you and I come out? That, that we, we take real issue with our time? Because I'm going to tell you what word is being used for the way we are to treat our faith today. The word has come out, we should privatize our faith. It should be something that we keep to ourselves within the confine of a building. Don't take it in the public square. But my friends, Jesus said to the disciples, you. And you know what I thought about this? When Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. You know whose philosophies existed at that time? Plato, Aristotle, all the great minds. And yet Jesus looked at 12 simple fishermen and said, if this world is to survive, you are the light of the world. And nobody takes the light and put it under a bushel, but they put it where it can be seen. We don't go to, to, to in your face. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying to live consistently with your relationship. You will not be afraid. Let me close quickly. Please forgive me for going over so long this morning. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 12 and 13 says this. Therefore, Jesus also, 
that he might sanctify his people through, the, through his blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go outside the camp bearing his reproach. Let's come out. Let's not flaunt it, but let's live it. So that like Elizabeth Clayton, we can say by our living and by our life, beneath the cross of Jesus, I am ready and willing to take my stand. The shadow of a mighty rock within a weary land, a home within the wilderness, a rest upon the way, from the burning of the noonday heat and the burden of the day. Like Paul, she could say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, Jews and Gentiles alike. Ladies and gentlemen, I invite you with me. Let's come out. Let's pray. Father, Take your word so hurriedly delivered, but may the Holy Spirit drive the truth home that like Joseph and Arimathea, as Jesus died publicly, we will live publicly for his glory in his name.